0: This is the NWO Podcast, a.k.a. The Dub. I'm your host, Mr. X, and this is my co-host, GP. Let's talk Oilers. All right, GP, what do we got on uh, tap for today? Episode number two here of the uh, NWO Podcast? Yeah, well, uh, first off, we'll start with uh, the previous game analysis against Seattle. Oh, Seattle. That was a good game. They... Uh, Ended off this COVID stance with a dub, you know, and it's not a bad thing. They play pretty well, play, play pretty hard. What do you think? Pretty good. Cool to see uh, Seth Griffin, in, a lot of those.
1: a lot of those guys. AHL was those,
0: those those tweeners?
1: Basically, the lineup was, let's see how good McDavid and Drysdale can do with basically an AHL roster surrounding them.
0: Well, they had Puglia go on uh, COVID protocol that morning, right? poor guy like i was worried that then he could be stuck in Seattle for like his whole holiday
1: season like well you're a big bison king guy yeah free the bison but it looks like he's been freed and he's on his way back
0: yeah uh cooper morodi like you were saying seth griffith a lot I thought of those they, I guys thought they look good
1: to be honest like they didn't cause any bring a net negative impact to the game i mean
0: i thought they hey they they won but again it was a seattle team that you know they basically have no offense they're led by yanni gord yanni gord wasn't playing
1: a horrible start that first goal donato from the oh, right side yeah. right through skinner that's the way that
0: game started oh i was thinking it was going to be an l but you know what the way they they start off well, they have really what, bad usually they had what 18 20 shots in the first period like like they need to
1: have that when they're fully healthy, because that's dangerous. You put twenty pucks on the net in a period; you're at least getting
0: two. Yeah, Skinner should have had that first one, but you know what? They they put in the work, and they got the result that they wanted. Right? They 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 didn't quit. Is the important thing because sometimes you know the Oilers they'll be down in a hole and they won't put an effort until the last five minutes. But you know what? The whole like who the whole game they were out shooting them and they were they out, they outworked them. That was the important thing. Also, all I got to
1: say, Dave Tippett isn't behind the bench. What happens? They come oh. up to, they put up 20 shots in the first period, like I stated earlier. Spicy
0: take. Hot take there.
1: You know, he was able to get something out of, like, Fogel is scoring goals right now. He's been hot as of late. Correct me
0: if I'm wrong, but last podcast, you were on the keep Dave Tippett train, though. Right?
1: I, I, I don't think he should be here, but I think that. They're not going to do it. Ken Holland has never hired a coach. Is it, it Playfair?
0: Is it Gulletson? Who's, uh, who's the real magic right now, right? Who's the, who's the bottom six whisperer I, as it is?
1: I don't know. I think it's maybe a new voice for them. That I don't know. Maybe that bottom six feels
0: like there's a new voice. Is or, it kind of like a Winnipeg thing where... Uh, what's the coach's name again from Winnipeg? Paul Maurice. Yeah, Paul Maurice. So he resigns, right? They're, he's got a great team. He's a great coach. He said it himself. But he said they needed a new voice. Is that what the Oilers needed?
1: Well, Dave Tippett has had a way short tenure than Paul Maurice. Paul Maurice has been there for almost 10 years, so you got to think that... That's true, and but... And where's Winnipeg gone in those 10 years? You know, they had that one nice run um, where I believe they lost to... Who was that? Was that St. Louis's run? I think... Oh, no, Nashville. Nashville, I think, in the conference finals. I can't remember that was but a while that, ago that, that i can was, really
0: remember last that, week
1: that was their best run at it and really after that what what did they have
0: they've had a solid team for a very they long have, time but remember they've had myers they've had bufflin they've had truba their their defensive structure their whole top to bottom has been pretty good for the past 5 years 6 years right and you know they're a team that should be advancing and are and are not advancing right so uh i think that a new voice needed to come in. Because, sure, Tippett has been there for, I don't know what, a year, two years now, right? So, and, they've, and what do they have? They have a loss to Chicago, a loss to Winnipeg, right? And they have one win in those two playoff series. So, what can you really say about Dave Tippett? Sure, he's a good, uh, you know, regular season team. But once they get into those playoffs, that's when it really matters. I think any team with McDavid and Drysdale is a playoff team, right? And those guys take you to the postseason. And it's your coach. It's not the coach's job to get on the ice and help you win, but it is the coach's job to pump the players mm-hmm. up, get them ready to play. I don't think Tippett does that anymore.
1: Yeah, I, well, they're getting a lot of their bottom six. I think Perlini had, had two points the game before. Derek Ryan finally gets one off the schneid. Um, the Fogel, bottom six whisperer, I'm telling goals. you. I mean, they're getting something out of the bottom six. See if that can continue for them. It has to continue due to all the injuries and players on protocols. So.
0: Well, Fogle's getting a, a little bit of a lift. You know, he's been
1: advanced to the McDavid line. But what about that uh, that challenge too by Gulletson on that Fogle goal? Well, I thought for sure. Well, obviously looked at but I didn't think that. If that wasn't in, a goal, that, that if that wasn't was a, a
0: goal, then come on, there's a problem. There's a well, there's a real problem there. They uh, had
1: some veteran reps, so I thought that that call wasn't gonna they weren't gonna recall something that they have veteran reps making a call on the ice for but a hey, great call by uh gullison because that wins them the hockey game and the Oilers end up squeaking out the five the five two win back to the coaching with dave Tippett. so what do you think the Oilers how how this situation should be handled with dave Tippett's contract expiring at the end of this season
0: so i think the big question is you know they've they've got two wins now that Tippett has uh, gone into covid protocol but is that the reason why i mean Gullison and uh Playfair can you call them the bottom six whisper you know they have been performing but uh i don't know is Tippett the reason why what, what what do you think
1: i think partly i think yeah i think you i think you can easily put it on to Dave Tippett i think it's a stale voice no yeah, maybe. Well he hasn't been, ad- been able to get anything out of this bottom six for many years. I mean past years you can make an excuse for him, but people will argue this year that... is no excuse. Yeah, There's people...
0: legitimately that top nine is a good NHL top nine. Yeah, of course it is. And even the bottom six with or even the bottom line with, you know, you got Benton, you got Perlini, you got Cassie, and you got options there, right? Even Seth Griffiths and Cooper morodi you know? You got more than enough options. Devin Shore I wouldn't play Devin Shore anymore. I wouldn't play Kyle Turris anymore. You know, Colton Sevier, he's he's been a good signing, I think.
1: Sevier's been great. He's been much better than Zach Cassian, I think, all season long. So I think
0: Yeah, and Cassian's ticket is really uh because he's making three million dollars, I feel like the coaching staff wants to play him higher up. Right? If he was making one million, under a million, it'd be easy to scratch him or put him on the fourth line, but because he got given that contract. You know, they expect more out of him than he really can give. And What do you
1: think happens with the coaching? Do you think Dave Tippett's back next year? Or do you think uh, I think a, a coaching change? Or or is it Dave Tippett the rest of the year? What are you hearing?
0: I think if they keep winning, you know, they're on a two-game heater right now. Um, you know, that's not Dave Tippett's, I guess, record. You know, he has been on an 0-6 record here. But... I just can't see them firing him because who do you bring up? I think that they like having, uh, what's his name in Bakersfield there? What's Woodcroft. Yeah, yeah, Word Jay Croft. Woodcroft, right? So why, you know, fuck with a good thing. You keep him there. You got a bunch of guys coming, right? And you have to think it's because of Dave Manson and Jay Woodcroft. You know, they're doing an amazing job there. Keep them there. If you have a coach, you know, come loose, like... A, you know, the guy out of Winnipeg. Paul Maurice. Paul Maurice, right? Like, uh Boudreau was sitting there. Vancouver grabbed him. I wouldn't say that Boudreau would be, you know. 6-0. Canucks have been doing really well getting themselves right back in. He's, he's making them work harder for sure. But I don't think he's much of a player's coach. But, yeah, not much options right now. You know, if you could get someone else, I'm sure they would. But I think Dave Tippett, because of the, you know, power play, which hasn't been great as of late, but has been heating up, uh, because of the penalty kill in past years, they keep him, right? What, but, about,
1: what about next year? Do you think it all rises on on the playoffs? How the playoffs go? I think it does. I think if if
0: this team goes on a, on a run to the conference finals, I think he's they resign him. Yeah, a heater can save his job for sure. Not even save his job, but just extend his career in Edmonton, right? But so, so basically, you think it, you're hearing it just rides all on that on that playoff run. I think that you know I'm gonna reference a tweet that was put out earlier in the week, uh, vis-a-vis Mike Babcock. Now, Mike Babcock's name very controversial. You know what he did when he's with the Leafs to Mitch Marner, unexcusable. Uh, but I think he's learning, though. He's right now coaching for a university. And I believe... Uh, uh, university of Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. Yeah. So, you know, he's coaching younger players there. Uh, I think his biggest knock against him was he was an old-timey coach. But right now, he's getting he's getting that young youth uh, injected into him kind of thing, you know? He's getting that uh, player mentality of how they are these, these days. So... If... And Ken Holland, you know, he has been in contact with Mike Babcock. And I'm not I'm not gonna beat around the bush. It is about coaching. And you know what? I'm not sure what 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 Mike Babcock said, but I would have to think that a job in the NHL uh usurps a college position job kind of thing, right? So um I yeah,
1: think, I think Oilers Nation would lo- absolutely lose it.
0: They're already losing it. I'm getting all these comments and uh messages about how, you know, Mike Babcock is a terrible person and but the thing is is that, you know, Ken Holland and him they have a history. They've won cups together. Uh sure, he wasn't great in Toronto, but the thing is is that Toronto they didn't have a great defensive structure. Was it his fault? Maybe. But again, he is from what I hear he's retooling his kit. He's restructuring his coaching uh pedigree, right? So I don't know. I'm not saying he gets hired. I say it's a very low chance still, but he's on but he is on the uh radar for Ken Holland. I do think that Woodcroft also would be an option, but you know, I'm not hearing much from that standpoint as of right now.
1: Well, we got to get in the big topic right now in hockey and that's COVID.
0: Covid, oh my goodness, yeah, Covid's Brudel, hitting. Brutal. Covid has been uh, running wild in the NHL. Uh, who's it hit now on the Oilers? Nurse, Legacy, right? Keith's in there. Yeah, Keith's in there. Um, I think McLeod is coming out soon. Yeah. But if it keeps going this way, I I really don't see how we play the game on Monday. How can you play with half a roster? I think Calgary's roster is just coming out, right? I think they still have Kachuk in there. They have Lindholm in there, but I just don't. It should I mean, be
1: out after the after the Christmas break here. I would assume.
0: Well, hopefully they, for the Oilers, no, right? But uh, if the game does go through, I I don't know who's even going to be playing, right? Who they're going to have? They're going to have to call up Broberg and some a hundred percent.
1: That's what I um. That's what I I had seen earlier is that I I heard Sam Rukov is coming up.
0: Yeah, Sam Rukov's coming up. Broberg's coming up, but you know. Do they play? Who knows. That'd but, be a fun
1: game to watch. I think see Samarukov and Broberg, like a lot of the oldest future playing in that game. It
0: is a divisional game, though, right? So it does matter in the standings. If it was well, a game the against Buffalo, are, Detroit the right
1: now are tied with the Flames in points at thirty-six points. Exactly. So do you Flames? want? So
0: do you want some playing? Do you want Broberg? Playing? That's that's
1: a game you can definitely move ahead of the Flames. So it is tech, a, a big game. Yeah, and the Flames have played 29 games or sorry the Oilers have played 29 games flames at 28 so that's why calgary's ahead of them up right now
0: but yeah and you know what although inexperienced they do those players that have been called up or will be called up do bring size they bring speed they bring grit right oilers need all that all that and more and on the back end here it doesn't hurt to have depth there right so yeah i don't know covid is really uh doing a number to the NHL right now, especially in the Olympics, which is our next topic, right?
1: Yes, the Olympics. No NHL is going this year to the Olympics. Sucks to see, sucks to see, but uh, could you imagine, though, worst-case scenario, you know, Pooley Arby would be going McDavid, Dreisaitl, maybe Darnell Nurse. Yeah, you know what? So. I actually
0: forgot about Pooley Arby, but yeah, you're right. He would be on the team for sure.
1: Yeah, um, but you, you got to think, like, with the nhl saying how three to five weeks if a, if a player catches covid they're they they're out with their team for three to five weeks like that could be a significant blow for the oilers if something like that happens So sometimes maybe for the oilers the betterment of the oilers that sounds a little bit better but damn i would have loved to see mcdavid in the olympic hockey
0: well yeah like you're saying uh we broke this about a day prior to when it happened uh and you have to think that this was going to be McDavid's last chance to play alongside Sidney Crosby at the Olympics, which is, which is just sad to see. You never, you, you never, you always wanted to see them playing together. You know the two greatest of their generation. Um, it's like Lemieux and Gretzky, right? But sadly, we're not going to get it. I don't think. I in four years, how old's Crosby going to be? Right, like probably thirty-eight years old, probably right. So. I don't see I it I think he might,
1: he might be on the team. I think Canada will definitely... I
0: say by then he's running the Penguins. But who knows?
1: All right, let's get into some Oilers wants and needs. Any updates on that front or what you're hearing when it comes to some Oilers, Oilers moves when it comes to additions, subtractions, transactions?
0: Well, let's uh, talk about the big name, Jacob Chikrin. Are the Oilers after Chikrin... They are, but so are many other teams. And I'll tell you what, Oilers don't really have a dog in that race. Sure, they can offer Broberg, they can offer Holloway, they can offer Burgo, they can offer first round picks, but you don't want to empty the closet for a position where you're already stacked on, right? You have Nurse, you have Keith, although many fans would argue Keith. Uh, You have Cuckoo. you have Russell for this year, you have Samurakov, you have Broberg, right? Uh, you have Nima Linen, who's a big freight train, who just coming up right into his own. Um, there's no, there's no defense there that I think that they should improve on. Maybe, maybe even the right side. What do you think for your right defense?
1: I think the only way you touch the right side is if you find something for Tyson Berry. But I don't think Tyson Berry's going anywhere at least this year. Maybe that's something Ken Allen does in the summer to.
0: If you could move him to Seattle, would you? Seattle so needs that blue liner who can be on the power play, right shot.
1: I would, but I just don't think the Rose are going to make a shakeup like that because I think he's a big part of their room, but and I think you that moved. would be a big shock for the team. So I think that's something that they might wait on until something like the summer. I agree,
0: but if you if you move Barry, you know you're able to put Bouchard into that top power play spot, which well you, he should
1: be there anyway.
0: Exactly right, but the thing is that Barry. If he's not on the top PP unit, where what's he doing? He's just playing third pairing, right? Making three, four million dollars. But this is how 4. Ken, Ken Holland $5 million. Has always
1: done it. Is he's always given
0: Vince, the veterans, the, exper- the, the, the veterans, of the belt.
1: and also young players never get a big role on Ken Holland's team very easily. I know in Edmonton, we're all used to all these kids coming in and getting rushed, yeah. rushed in, being forced in. This is Ken Holland's way, which I think Ken Holland. I think that's what he's good for—is the prospects aspect of his of his job—is and his patience.
0: Well, a side note there. Uh, I've recently heard that you know Dylan Holloway will not be on the Oilers this year uh, due to Ken Holland's you know his his patient mentality, right? Uh, he likes for a player to be in the AHL for you know I've at least half a season before he gets called up. So I wouldn't, if you're Oilers fans, I wouldn't expect Holloway on the roster this season, at least regular season. Playoffs, we, we don't tear, know yet.
1: If he tears it up, if he tears it up, let's say if he tears it up yeah. in the AHL, he gets 15-something points, there has got to bring him up.
0: And there's an injury. But I think that uh, Ken Holland addresses this through trade, uh, forward depth. Right? So, uh, I still am on the belief that we will be getting Marc-Andre Fleury. Right? His name keeps coming up everywhere you look. Right? Um... However, what's what's the cost? Chicago got him for free, basically, right? So for them to give him up for anything more than a third round pick, I think would be, which we don't have, but which would you know, it would be a little bit costly. What do you think on uh, the flower front?
1: I think it would be a good addition if they can make the money work, but I'm not sure how they do that. Secondly, I think there's. Bigger, this season, bigger there's bigger, bigger fish to fry when yeah. it comes to their needs, which I think is the defenseman. I think that's definitely a big hole for them, and 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 the forward depth. I think you need a, another another middle six forward. I think but those are bigger holes for this team the, right if, now than their if has the goaltender If the
0: GM and the coach don't don't think that defense is a big hole, right? Because how how can it be a big hole if the coach and the GM don't don't, don't think so?
1: To me, that that to me that. Where's the hole
0: there? You have Nurse, you have Keith, you have Cuckoo, you have Nemo Linen. Keith
1: hasn't never hasn't been good enough there. He's been. Well, what are you gonna do defense. though? What are
0: you gonna do? You can't just you can't just poof and he's gone, right? He you can't just trade him. He got he came here for a reason. He's gonna retire here, right? You can't just trade him in Arizona because that's not the deal.
1: That's true. I. I think there's bigger fish to fry, but if it is the goaltending, Mark Andre Fleury would make sense. After that, I don't really, I can't really think of any other names that could help. really you would look at it and say yes. The oars have improved that goaltending. How? Who else? I mean, it's Mark Andre Fleury or bust. I think after that, you have to look at filling those other two holes. Yeah. At least for the sh- at least for this season, because you have to show. McDavid and Dry settle
0: that you are or you are going for it. You are trying to win a Stanley Cup. I'm going to uh interject here and here's my opinion on uh what they need right now. I think what they need is a top six forward. Right? I'm thinking a guy like Thomas Hurdle, Claude Giroux, someone along that level. Dylan Strom, right? He's been scratched recently. Uh like I said, there's been rumors about him and Fleury come in Edmonton. He is Carmen David's best friend. But there's also been rumors about, you know, not coming to Edmonton, but there's been rumors about Claude Giroux being on the trade block, Thomas Hertel, uh a bunch of those guys, right? Like like Jacob Chickering, But the thing is, the costs, you know, it would be probably excruciatingly painful if you're, the, if, if you're an Oilers fan giving away Holloway or a Broberg, but... Me, personally,
1: I don't think they need to go that big. I think they need to you need a, like second. a middle six forward. I think Hyman could get the job done. Pooley get the job done. Eugene Hopkins... You're just replacing that Yamamoto. Yep. Yamamoto you need to. You need to.
0: Who else are you gonna? To the third line. Who else can you put but there? But I
1: don't think it needs to be. I think it just needs to be a, a, a tiny bit more of an upgrade over Yamamoto. I don't think it, it's a. You need Myrtle somebody bigger. Giroux. You need someone bigger. You, that you got six. that's what you got Zach Hyman for, and he's doing and he's done that. All you here. have
0: Zach Hyman already. You have Puliarvi. You have Nuge. You have Drysidle, and you have uh, McDavid. Right. You need a sixth guy who's not big, but at least regular size to play in the top six. Yamamoto can't do that, and if you push Yamoto down I, to the bottom six, you have McLeod, you got Fogel. I don't
1: think it needs to be a big name piece like a Jaru a Hurdle, something like that. I think somebody a tier below them. I don't think it need. I don't think Ken Holland needs to break the bank on that one.
0: So, like a like a Dylan Strong,
1: like a Dylan Str- even a little bit above that. Like I'm trying to I'm trying to think of some names potentially. Just, just, somebody in that in that tier below a Giroux.
0: No, I hear you definitely, but like like I said before,
1: like a Jake who's, DeBrusque, like a Jake DeBrusque. But a Jake you know, DeBrusque
0: like, is kind of like a Dylan Strome, though. He's not. He's nowhere better than Dylan Strome.
1: Yeah, I would say De, DeBrusque is as, Debrusque, if, as of right now. DeBrusque is.
0: DeBrusque is more physical for sure, right? But and he has an Edmonton connection, but Strome has that McDavid connection. You could put him. It's hard to find guys who match with McDavid. I think personally, right? So. If you can get a guy like Strome, you do it. But do you give a first-round pick for Strome? No. No, I'm sorry, though. Strome and Flurry. And let's say you have to... And and let's say you dump Koskinen on them. Because they need a goalie back, too, right? And
1: you would have to, but...
0: They just dealt Subban to uh, Buffalo. So they could use a backup goalie to Lankanen or even a 1-B... Likely are a one a to Lankanen, right, and Koskinen could be that guy. Lankanen's finish, right? They could be a good little duo there. Uh, Chicago, they're nowhere near winning, right? So uh, they're definitely in the rebuild stage. And who knows? I think
1: that hurts just to be a Hawks fan with.
0: They have three Seth cups.
1: Seth Jones at the at the nine point five million that horrible contract. It's just,
0: hey, I'll take three cups and Seth Jones any day. You know,
1: at that deal though, like for another eight years, like you, that's a lot of money. Not including this year. (laughs) That's that's a lot of money. Like that's.
0: Yeah, but if you put a good decor around him, right? Uh, he's definitely a good building block. The analytics are definitely against him, but he's got his brother there. But you know what? This is not a Blackhawks show. That's for another day. Fuck the Hawks. Um, what's what's uh, next? We got some some questions from some followers. All right, all right, and we'll let the producer take it away. So our uh, first question
2: here is from Shay nooch on uh, Twitter. He says, "If the Oilers are looking for a three C, what does that mean for a McLeod?"
0: I think that McLeod, you know, they have a three C in Ryan Hopkins, and they could always deploy that. Um. You know, they're probably looking for a guy who could moonlight as a center or a top six winger, so that would push McLeod down to a 4C, but uh, I think for McLeod to be effective, he's got to stay as that 3C, and he's got to, you know, play those minutes, because a 4C, you want more of a veteran who's been around, maybe even a right shot guy, someone like Derek Ryan, but a little bit bigger, right? What do you think, GP? I think they have the answer
1: internally in the organization. I think that is that is the answer for them there right now. I think what they do need is the winger before they address the 3C because I think McLeod is capable of doing it. I think the more reps, NHL reps he gets, more comfortable he's going to get equals more offense on that front. And also, if you can get that middle 6 winger, which pushes Yamamoto down, all of a sudden you you can play Nugent Hopkins at, at, the, at third line center, like you said, and you had a three-headed monster down the middle. Like, yeah.
0: that is depth if I've ever seen it, so. Well, you know what, Tampa Bay, they won with uh, three-headed beast. They had Point, they had Stamkos, they had Gord, right? Sorelli. Uh, oh Sorry, Shirelli. uh Penguins, they had uh, Ma- uh, Malcolm Crosby and uh, Stahl, and even Kessel, that HBK line, right? You, you need depth at the end of the day. And uh, they do have that depth, but they're gonna need a piece or two more. So, yeah, I just, I don't know. I can't see McLeod being moved down off that spot at the moment.
1: If it is, it's for it's gotta be for Andrew Hopkins. If you want to, if yeah. you can get that winger,
0: if you can get that winger the, and move him down, maybe push McLeod to the wing on the third line. They
1: don't have the depth as it stands to do that. Yeah. But if that depth comes, then yes.
0: Yeah, you could go with a McLeod Nuge, Yamoto, McLeod Nuge casting in, right? Uh, but, yeah, that's kind of it for that question. Next.
2: All right, so uh, next question from Shea again is, does he stick around as four C? Are they going to trade for a guy like Lindholm?
0: I think I just answered is that for four C. I don't think that. Uh, Was that Hampus? That's Hampus Lindholm. Hampus Lindholm. I think I mean, Anaheim, Anaheim right now is doing well. I can't see them trading him. He is going to be a free agent by uh, I think Year's end. Um, but no, Oilers would go for a guy like Chikrin before they go for a guy like Lindholm, who is in the division and would cost more because of that.
1: Well, as you said earlier, they they don't they don't have the assets to get that Chikrin one through.
0: So well, they have the assets, but do they want to give it up? Right? You don't want to give like you don't want to give up your whole farm just for one player for a spot that you're deep in already, right? Yeah. And last question from Shea. Are guys like Borgo and Holloway untouchable? Absolutely. Don't expect those guys to be moved. Ken Holland will move a first round pick, maybe even two, right? Uh, But don't expect Holloway. Don't expect Borgo. Uh, You know, I might even put Broberg into that conversation there. Uh, But, you know, someone like Samorakov could be expendable.
1: I, I totally agree. I, I don't think you touch Borgo. I think he's lighting it up in the QMJHL. I think he's what, top three in that league in points, tearing it up, scoring top lots, line on Team Canada, scoring lots of goals. So I think you wait and see there. Holloway, you don't know yet. I don't think you can touch those. Doesn't make sense right now, and I think it, the mo- as you said, the most expendable thing is that first round pick. So,
0: yeah.
2: Our next question is from BMax sixty four. He asks, will Dave Tippett get fired this season and replaced by Jay Woodcroft?
0: Well, we answered this earlier in the podcast. Uh, I would say that Dave Tippett's contract is up this season and it depends on his playoff run. You know, if they go on a heater, they'll extend him. I'll guarantee you that. But if it's a first round exit, even a second exit, I can't see him returning. Uh, and will Jake Woodcroft uh, replace him? i say definitely he's in the top three options.
1: Yeah, I would I would agree to that too as well. I think Jay Woodcroft would be in consideration, but I mean, I, I think Ken Holland's very, very patient. I think he'll be very, very patient in how he proceeds this. That's why I don't think anything will happen this season. If anything happens with the coaching, it will happen in the off season. whether it's, say... Babcock, how you said, or it's uh, another, coach or another coach who's fired, Paul they Maurice, somebody Reuss. like that will, will definitely replace him. Again, it, his job literally rides on what they do in the playoffs. Yep. That is... 100%
2: agreed. Again from BMax, will the Oilers acquire any top nine or six wingers like Phil Kessel, Jake DeBrusque, Dylan Strom? Mason Appleton and Jonas
0: Scoring. Simple answer, yes. One of those guys, I think you could say most likely will be an Edmonton Oiler. Um, I think they're all going to be traded. I can't say to who. But teams will be out there looking for them. They're not on playoff teams. Um, And Oilers are a playoff team. So, yeah, they will be in the hunt. I really like the idea of Jake DeBrasque, hometown boy. I really like the idea of Jake DeBrusque. What do you give least, for Jake DeBrusque though? Like, what do you give, like, legitimately? Is is it a second-round pick? Is it a third-round pick? Like, you're not giving a first for Jake DeBrusque, are you? I
1: think it's definitely a second and a mid-level prospect. Gets it is it like gets an Athens-CU
0: way. trade where they give up two seconds?
1: No, I think I don't think he's going to give up two seconds. I or is it
0: like a second in Yamamoto or like a second in Benson, something like that?
1: I could see second in Benson. Second in Benson, second in... Maybe a LaVoie.
0: LaVoie, yeah, I could, I could see that. You know, uh, I, I could see something like that, potentially. And uh, just to mention, too, LaVoie just had a uh, five-point night. Impressive. After going minus 18 for the first uh, couple games of his AHL uh, season there. but I think that's the most in Condor's history I've seen. Yeah, you know what, he's still improving. But, but. yeah, let's go on to the next question here.
2: And last question from B-Max. Will the Oilers run Mike Smith and Stuart Skinner next year and trade Miko Koskinen for a backup like Thomas Grease?
0: Uh, You know, B-Max, thanks for all the questions. you got a gun loaded full of questions right now. I I would say that, like I answered earlier in the podcast, no to Thomas Grease, definitely. Uh, I think that if the Oilers do run a tandem, it's going to be Smith Smith and uh, Skinner. You can count on Koskinen being the odd man out. Do they go and get another goalie to add to that Smith and Skinner tandem? You know, I think that they would like to. Does Mike Smith
1: get moved potentially with Yamamoto and Poole coming off the books? You got to find some money for them.
0: Does Mike Smith even retire? That could be even a question. You know, he's 40. He's going to be 40 in March, right? He's coming off a couple of bone, bone bruises here. Uh, I don't know. His health is really catching up to him. And I think that you could look at Smith, and possibly Keith, to retire this offseason. Why would they say no to money? I understand that. But again, you know, this whole COVID thing has really gotten everybody up in the air. Keith doesn't like it. You you know Smith doesn't like it. uh, But next year, the plan is to come back with Smith and and, uh, Skinner. So, as of right now.
1: And finally, to finish up episode two. We got uh, the upcoming game preview that may happen, may not happen. The Calvary Flames coming up this Monday, coming out of the Christmas break for the Oilers.
0: Well, if you look at it, it's two teams heavily beaten up with COVID. Um, do they play the game? i say right now it's a 70% chance, 80% chance that they play the game because they are both in Canada, right? So there's no border movement. Again, it's within the same uh, province. So, yeah, I'd say that it happens. Will it be a star-studded game is yet to be determined. You know, McDavid probably will be playing. You have Drysaddle still in the game. Uh, Nuge could be back. McLeod will be back. Nurse will be out. Right? Uh, I don't know. It doesn't look good for the Oilers, but if you look at the Flames, too, they haven't played in quite a while, they're probably going to be psyched to get back on the ice. Uh, what do you think, GP? I
1: think it could be a pretty lopsided game again for the Oilers. Where they're very shorthanded and their other team is a lot on the healthy side because I think the Flames are all are all coming back from their COVID.
0: Well, um, sorry to interrupt you, but Dan Flater, their backup goalie, just got put into COVID protocol what a day or two ago. So now they're looking for a backup to recall. So
1: Yeah, it doesn't really matter. Markstrom's starting anyways. You already know that. So I don't think that's how good he's been all year. I don't think that that's
0: <clears throat> something that... No, again, yeah, it's their first game back. They're probably going to want to play Markstrom. But again, they do need to find a backup. Uh, can they in time? I'm sure they will call up somebody. But another Carolina good, like,
1: another good opportunity to to get to see a potential Sam Marukov recall Broberg, all in one game. Get to see the future of this team. See what they, what the Oilers got uh, coming down the pipeline for them.
0: Yeah, and what do you do if Sam Marukov knocks it out of the park? What if he pulls a Nima line and comes up and just impresses? You know, do you just force Keith to retire? Hand him the keys to uh, early retirement? Right? I know you can't do that, but I mean. Your cupboards are almost stocked here. Like I'm, I'm just saying hypothetically speaking, right? I'm not saying he's going to, but you know, because Broberg came up, he looked all right, looked decent, and kind of, you know, his play de- decreased as the games went on. Maybe the pressure, you know, got put on a little bit too hard. But you know, Sam Rukov's a little bit older than him. I think that if he didn't get injured last year, that he would be on his team right now, right? But given that injury, it was a bit of a setback. Uh, But it'll be a fun game, an exciting game. For sure. Okay, a very Merry Christmas to all our listeners and followers. From all of us here at the Dub, thanks for listening. Don't forget to tune in next time for another episode of the NWO Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. X, signing off. Let's go Oilers.